lifted high Hear my song, hear my cry I will bring a sacrifice I will bring a Good morning, everyone. Let's please stand up and worship the Lord.
the hiding place Our hope is safe within your name This we know This we know You promise never to forsake What you began you will sustain This we know This we know I will call upon the Lord For He alone is strong enough to save Rise your shackles on no more For Jesus Christ has broken every of your words this we know this we know this we know this we know I will call upon the Lord for he alone is strong enough to Jesus Christ has broken every chain. I will call upon the Lord, for He alone is strong enough to save. Rise, your shackles are no more, for Jesus Christ has broken every
Praise him. Beautiful spark in this heart and 
God, we just pray that your Holy Spirit will just come and do exactly that, that you will renew our strength, the strength that you give to us. We give you praise, God. Fill this place. Fill each one of us as we uh, wrap up this series this week of who are you in, in five. May God, we, we look back in five years, if you don't return yet in five years, that God, that those changes in order and, and set our, our feet in motion to do what we need to do in order to be who you want us to be. For that, we give you praise. And Lord, we will wait for you. Holy Spirit, come. In your name we pray. Amen. Meet Billy. In five years, Billy will have spent 605 days sleeping and two and a half full days brushing his teeth, hopefully. He will have sat in traffic for nine full days. Billy hates traffic. And in five years, he will have spent 433 days working. Social media will have taken up 152 consecutive days of his life. He will have walked 3,650 miles and spoken 29.2 million words, hopefully good ones. In five years, Billy will have spent 76 days eating and drinking. Billy loves dessert. Two and a half years out of the five will be spent consuming media with 228 days spent watching TV. Billy is messy. He will have spent 152 days cleaning. And in five years, he will have spent roughly $40,000 on food, 40 days shopping, and 50 days socializing with the homies. Welcome to you in five years.
couple breaks here and there, but she was healing up. It was a head-on collision, and she was sitting still. So we're thankful. And I thought God talked to Scott yesterday. She, um, she was in Christiana with a broken sternum, broken ribs, and uh, there we go. Thank you. And um, possibly a couple more. But um, Scott um, was able to be with her, and um, they were they were doing um, doing uh, doing well. Um, considering if you saw the car, you're thankful. Um, she was, it was a truck that hit her, so um, like just a, a pickup truck, a very big one. So she is, she's with us, and we're thankful for that. A couple other prayers that we have here. Um, Jill lifted up, uh, my sister Jill lifted up prayers for our cousin's family, um, the Unruh Miller family, for the loss of um, my cousin's wife's brother, Dan, at the age of 46 from COVID. So um, continue to lift them in prayers. Uh, Lisa Osborne um, lifted up her daughter's uh, father, um, Jonathan, who had a heart attack Friday and will be having open-heart surgery tomorrow morning. Um, Joanna and Ron uh, praise for a new house. Okay, there you go. Um, and then their niece was diagnosed with, what's that? Cancer. cancer, okay, with cancer. So we want to lift them up in prayers. And then Bill Wiggum will be having surgery tomorrow. So we want to continue to lift um, them in prayers. Robin Hildebrand prayers for her sister, Jean, um, who also has possible COVID. And we are really praying that, um, that we really want to see this move in a direction where uh, all those who need to be vaccinated and it works and, and the different strains don't, don't um, complicate that because um, we really want to make sure that people are, are good, right, um, in, in the midst of everything. All right, so those are our, our prayer requests for today. As always, keep uh, uh, me and your prayers, Pastor Oog and Haiti, others who are in the hospitals, um, those struggling with all kinds of different situations, um, and other, other people as well. All right? Um, so let's go to, to the Lord in prayer. Again, I do want to remind you, we still are in the midst of Unite 714. We did that for 40 plus plus weeks, and I just wanted to get back to just uh, extemporaneously in front of the Lord. And, uh, but I challenge you to do that at 714 uh, in the morning and in the evening, and we do have those resources for you. So let's pray. God, we come to you today, and um, there are several needs that we have here. We lifted many of them up. The loss of um, people so young, um, those who are dealing with covid uh, those who are facing surgeries, um, uh, heart attacks, and other kinds of things. Um, God, we also uh, I'll just ask that your presence just be with them, as we just sang, um, that our fear's gone in your presence. And we just pray that that's exactly what will happen um, for everyone and any one of these families that has been touched um, in, in tragedy or in, in fear. Um, God, we also ask for... Uh, we thank you for the blessings of birthdays and anniversaries and celebrations, even in the midst of, of so much confusion, so much uncertainty. But uh, upon it all, God, we know that you are in control. And even though it may not seem like it, and even it may seem like the world is spinning out of control, we know that you ultimately have all things in your hand. And Lord, I'm, we're going to pray until it happens. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And, uh, and we're, we're good to go today. Um, if you want to take us out of here and rapture your church, we'll be really cool with it. Um, and we just can't wait to see you again um, when you take us to be with you. Um, but until that time, God, we draw on your, your, you didn't leave us orphan. You left us a comforter, a, the Holy Spirit. And for that, we give you all praise, honor, and glory in your name. And everybody says, amen. All right. A couple other things. Um, we have some announcements that I want to touch on before we get further in our, in our, um, in our service. Um, uh, there is, um, we do have our Sunday school reopening, um, and it's, it's regular, so we're excited for that. So you, tomorrow you can go ahead and sign up for next week. 
good to see the kids here. Again, I want to lift up, we do have, if you're facing a crisis, or shall I say, when you're facing a crisis, because that's the world we live in now, um, there are, you don't have to do that alone. We do have a um, Stephen Ministers that are willing to help out in that in a wide range of things. And this past week, Grief Share started. And so if you'd like to connect to that, it is being done Zoom and also on Zoom and also um, in person here at the church um, with, state of, with the uh, guidelines and all that other kind of stuff. If you need information about that, again, stephen-ministry at havencc.org or if you um, you know, forgot that or didn't, you know, got something back, info at havencc.org, and we'll make sure that you get that information and can connect. But it is at 6.30, uh, started last week, and we're um, continuing that for 13 weeks. So you still have time to plug into that. Please go ahead and do so. And youth group, um, beginning the 7th of Feb- uh, February, they will be meeting every Sunday right after church. So we're excited have them back again. I do want to share this. Um, it's a card here, and it said, Dear Jack, I first want to say thank you for the opportunity to speak to your congregation. God works in mysterious ways, and that Sunday meant the world to Norma and I. Um, the generosity your church showed us was breathtaking. We greatly appreciate the financial support, but more importantly, the prayerful support. Please know we are here for you and the Haven Community Church family. God bless um, Chris Locke. And you remember he was here with us when we were doing our series on um, Hope for Mental Health, and he shared uh, about his son, Sean, and how in, what, a couple months without any advertising, they had mi- uh, ministered and helped um, 300 um, people already uh, w- that were dealing with depression and pr- primarily um, facing uh, thoughts of suicide uh, and everything else. So thank, um, we're, we're thrilled that they came and that they had this ministry that is in our larger community, and they're just awesome people. All right, you ready? Everybody good? So I got a lot of stuff here today. This has been, um, I want to show you this right here. Again, if you don't want a bulletin, didn't get a bulletin, go ahead, pull out those smartphones, and you can go ahead and, and hold it up there, and just, uh, you put up your camera, you hold it up, and it'll bring a little link up, and you can go ahead and have the bulletin uh, interactively, so you can follow that. If not, you want to go old school, you can go ahead and have the one that's paper. We got a couple of those, um, and so uh, we've got options now. Isn't that what COVID did to us? It made us come up with more options than ever before, but we are in our last week of the series, week four. Um, who are you in five? Everybody know who you're going to be in five? Nobody? Okay, so does anybody have any ideas of some things God's placed on your heart, hopefully? Uh, so we're, gonna, we're, we're kind of plowing through this message. It's been like one big sermon, okay? So if you missed a week, go back and look at them because they all connect. And just to remind you, the week one, we asked the question that started this off. Who do you want to be five years from now? And is that where I'm headed? So who do I want to be and is that where I am going? And can I judge that? The second week of the series, we asked the question, why is it so difficult to change? Um, and you might remember the answer was inertia. Remember? That was when I had a brick and a sledgehammer. You, you remember the brick and sledgehammer? And I said, everything in the universe is what? Lazy. Everything in the universe is lazy. It does not want to move. And it takes a lot of energy to move something. And that's why my hand didn't break or feel horrible because most of that energy was just absorbed by that brick trying to just be a brick. Okay? Um, and so we have, we have those, those things as well. Um, then last week, we talked about how are we going to change. And do you remember what the answer to that was? Little by little. Remember that? Little by little. Change. Little by little. How many had something this week you wanted to 
change very quickly, very rapidly overnight. Anybody? Okay. How many were annoyed that that term little by little might have been in your head all week? All right. All right, God, little by little. I want it now. And so we, um, we still deal with that. Now today in our last week, what we are going to do is we're going to ask this other question. How in the that are going to move us towards where we want to be in five years? How are we going to Find the time in our busy lives. Now, the main verse from this uh, section today is Genesis chapter 1. And my message title is Evening to Morning. And in respect to the late, great Charles Spurgeon, I think he had it backwards. And we're going to talk about that. He wrote a a devotion called Morning uh, Morning to Evening. But we're going to talk about Evening to Morning. And that's where we're going to see our lives change in this process. So there are many verses throughout Scripture that have these plopped together. Many, many verses. Scripture. So I just kind of picked out some that I want to show to you. And you can see this one. From Exodus chapter 16, verse 13, this is when God chose to feed the Israelites by this thing called manna. You know what I mean? But really, it was a donut. How would you like to have donuts on the ground? And you say, donuts? What are you talking about? Well, um, actually, it does say that. In the Bible, it says it was made of bread. And tasted, tasted like honey. Sounds like Krispy Kreme to me. Am I right? So God's throwing Krispy Kremes out all over the place. We, we always got there with some like kind of lean bread. I think it was Krispy Kreme donuts, if I know my God. So anyway, here's what they say. That what? Evening. Quail, they got some meat too in there too. A quail came and covered the camp. And in the what? Morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. Okay, so you see. Evening and morning. Let's go to another one. From Psalm 90, verse 6. The psalmist describes how um, a whole life is like a day. And he says this. In the what? Morning. It flourishes and grows up. And in the? It is cut down and withers. So we have morning and evening. Kind of like those plants that pop up really quickly and then then die off. Okay. Um, In Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 6. Um, we get this kind of thing, how, we, how he speaks about diversifying our portfolio and not putting all our eggs in one basket. And here's what he says. Let's look here. Sow your seed in the morning and at the, did I again, at the evening, let your hands not be what? Idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that whether both will um, do equally well. So what he's saying here is you have your seed that's sown. But what do you do while you're waiting for it to grow? You don't just stand there and go, grow. Would you grow? Come on. You who? Grow up. No, it's not saying that. You use that time to go ahead and say, hey, what other business venture can I get involved in? Or you go ahead and say, hey, maybe I'll start an internet store. Or maybe I'll do a Kickstarter or something like that. Something to produce something else. I don't just sit and wait for what I planted to grow. And that's what he's saying there. All right. Mark chapter 13, verse 35. And this is talking about the return of Christ. And look what it says. So keep watch. You do not know when the owner of the house will come back. It may be in the evening or at? It may be when the rooster crows or at? Okay, don't you love this about Jesus? He gives options. So here he is. He's talking about he's leaving and he's going to return. And he says, so here's when I'm going to return. And you can see him kind of get their notepad out and go, all right, we're ready. And Jesus says, it could be in the evening. It could be at midnight. It could be when the rooster goes, or it could be at dawn. 
And they say, oh, we see what you're doing. You got us, okay? And they, they threw that away. But anyway, what I'm, I'm not going to go on and on and on because if I did, I could give you 40 different times in the Bible where evening and morning or morning or evening are put together in the same verse. So it's really a theme all over the place. Where I am going to concentrate on is the verse that I said I, I wanted to share with you. And you have to look really hard. You have to take your Bibles, if you have them, and open to the front, get past all the other stuff, and Genesis chapter 1. And here's what it says. Let's look at it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, what did he say? Let there be light, and there was light. Continue on. God saw that the light was what? good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and called the darkness, and there was evening, and there was morning the first day. There you go, right at the beginning, we have the first one, evening and morning and day. Evening and morning and day. Evening and morning. So here it is, it pops up. Day is evening. Notice this. What did, go back. Can you go back real quick for me, Lisa? Notice what he did. He said, and when he separated them, it says, and there was evening and there was morning, and that was the first day. You notice we would say there was morning and there was evening, and that was the first day. Even though we go by 12 o'clock, we base our days off of when we get up through the end of the day. Have you noticed that? So we are kind of backwards here. Our days do begin at 12 and we think of a brand new day when the sun comes up and when we wake up and when we get going on. And we think, oh, I got my coffee time to start my day. But scripture has a completely different picture from the very beginning. See, it was evening and then morning the first day. And the Jews have continued this practice in many ways in religious areas from this day. They look at from sunset to sunset, a 24-hour period is a day. The evening is, all, is the beginning of the day, always followed by the day, and that makes the first day. And so for us today, what we're going to do is we are going to focus on this term, evening to morning, evening to day, on 24 hours. And there is each a line, and I believe um, I do have something up here. Okay, I, I want you to see this, and I'm going to go ahead and do some drawing today, which I know everyone is thrilled about. All right, so here we go. Um, bear with me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. Okay. So each of these represent what? An hour. So we have twenty-four, and you can see them here. You also have it in your in your bulletin today, and I'd love for you to be able to write on that today because I'm going to give you a lot, a lot of good information, hopefully, and maybe you can do it on, on, online too as well, all right? So, or you might just take out that same picture and take pictures because I'm going to have a lot of stuff um, up here as well today. Okay, so again, here we are. Now, this time of year, let me get, let me get another pen. This time of year, we look at sunset it's roughly in the fives, and somebody at the gym the other day was getting excited because it's getting around 5.30 now. So just for argument's sake, we're going to look at this, this part here, and this is like, we're going to look at 5.30, okay? 
And then this, is, this would be 5.30 down here too. Got it? Because like, it's like when you get a map and like Africa's on the other side with Africa here. You know what I'm talking about? Everybody know what I'm talking about? When I was a little kid, I was like, how did Africa get all the way? You, you get it, all right? So this is 5.30 over here too because it wraps around. It wraps around that we go from there. Everybody understand? Everybody good so far? You understand where we are? All right. So there's 24 of those. Now, when we look at this, sunrise is getting in the 7.30, 8 o'clock way. So let me count back here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, I think it's in this area here. So we're going to go 7.30. So you can see, judge that one if you think that's kind of bad. 7.30 a.m. So we've got 5.30 p.m. here. Okay, everybody good so far? So what we're looking at, and let's kind of just say, let me see. Let's kind of say in this area here. So what we're looking at is in this section, we see we have, if it's, if it's 7.30 or 8, we have 14 to like 14 and a half hours, right? Everybody understand? You got it? So the same things up here that I'm writing up here as well. So we have 14 to 14 and a half hours between there. And that's the chunk of time that we need to focus on. Because remember what scripture said. There was what? Evening and then, then the day, the first day. Got it? We look at, time to get up. Let's go. Let's get my coffee. Let's get my donut. Let's start my day. And we have this part. So everybody's with me. You understand where I am right now? All right, good. So... From evening to when the sun goes down to the morning is what we have. And that is where, according to Scripture, this area right here is where Scripture tells us is the most important part of the time of our lives to make those little by little changes in our life to, to get to where God wants us to be in five. So, we look at usually like these nine to nine and a half hours as being the most important part of our day. But what's funny about that, those areas right there from 7.30 on, uh, maybe, maybe nine, maybe a little bit more, tend to be the areas in our life we have the least amount of control on. And yet we look at those as being the most important. For instance, what do we have? During this period, we have to go ahead and hurry and get Amy to gymnastics. And we've got to hurry up and get the Billy and Martha and the rest of the kids to school. And then we've got to be at work during that time. And then I've got to be at this meeting later on in the day. And then I've got, uh, I, I have that doctor's appointment. And oh, don't forget, I got the orthodontist and the dentist. And I have that. And wait, oh, is the MVA open? Who knows? Uh, or or I, maybe I'll go to the, the MVA. I got to get my, my whatever that new license is. I got to get that. And they put me off for a month because of COVID. But I got to make sure I'm there. And, oh gosh, Walmart doesn't stay open 24 hours anymore. Got to make sure I got to get there by 10, 9, whatever, 11, whatever time that is. And then, oh gosh, I got to get my stuff from the dry cleaner. Oh, they're going to shut down. Oh, I got to get there. And then we say, wait a second. Oh, I forgot to mail this. I got to get it to post office. I missed the mailman. Darn it. You know, we go from that one. And, oh, pharmacy closes at 730. I got to go stand in line for a couple hours, make sure I get in the pharmacy and get, get, those, get my pills and all. Does this sound familiar to anybody? And oh, darn it, customer service shuts at 9 o'clock at night? Why? Um, Central Mountain Time? Are you kidding me? Uh, does this sound like anybody's life? 
And that is never in this section. You notice? It is always in this section where we are trying to do everything else, make every change, make every adjustment. We're trying to do it in the same hour that we have least control over our lives. Time and time again. We want to make everything fit in that nine to nine and a half hours. And life is craziest here. It's messiest. It's dirtiest. It's more chaotic. It's full of unpredictability, even on the best days and times. And yet we neglect the time that's probably the most powerful in our lives. We become the brick in the time where we actually need to be the most active and free in ourselves, the brick from the other week. And so I don't want us to focus on the morning, but I want us to flip it, just like Scripture always has. And I want to think about these 14 and a half hours. So this, this whole message in a sentence, if you just like, I don't know, are tired or you have narcolepsy or whatever else, and you just want to hear one thing, here is one sentence that I'm going to give you this message in. If you anchor your evenings and mornings, then the middle of your day, come what may, you have had a great day. All right, that's it. So you can leave. Um, no. Um, so in other words, make the best of those 14 to 14 and a half hours, and then you're going to give your best in your nine. But if all goes to crap, don't worry. You've had a great day because you anchored it in the evenings and the morning. And so bring it on. Okay? That's where I'm going with this. You guys look shocked. Okay, maybe you're asleep. Maybe you, you made the most of last night in another way and you got to sleep a little bit. Okay, so there's two ways that we are going to live this out. And some of you are like, oh my gosh, he's already on the second page of the bulletin? Wow. All right, so there's two ways we're going to live this out. Um, and I don't like this first one at all because I don't like this. I like it, but I don't like it. And it's this, get sleep. Get sleep. Um, as someone on an average who gets somewhere from four and a half to five and a half hours of sleep, and that is not just me, that is recorded by my Migraine Buddy app, I sleep on an average, here's something really interesting, I sleep on an average of four and a half hours a night, it's actually four hours and 32 minutes, um, and then when I've had migraines, my average sleep is actually five hours and 33 minutes. So I get my, it's, it's weird, it, what it's tracking is that I actually get migraines if I sleep um, an, hour, an hour or more. It's just a, some kind of weird coalition, correlation, all right? So why is it so difficult? Why is it so hard for us to get sleep? Why do you think it's so difficult for us to get sleep? I'm going to give you two words. Thomas Edison. All right? Anybody heard of him? We got a picture of him there. I found a, you know, there's a lot of happy pictures of him. Uh, I'm sure this is what Tesla thought when he took all his ideas. But anyway, um, uh, according to history. But I, I wanted to find the grumpiest picture I ever could of uh, Thomas Edison. And here it is. Isn't that a nice one? He looked pretty perturbed. Probably because he's not getting much sleep anymore because of what he created. And what he did was this. The incandescent light bulb. So here you go. I'm going to put this in. But anyway, so here's what happened. The, the day was December 31st, 1879. For the very first time in a public setting, Thomas Edison did this in a different way, but he did it. And turned that on, and the whole world 
finally found out what it could happen if there was unnatural light that would never go out at the command of just a switch. Before Thomas Edison gave us this great thing that we are bound by, on an average weekday, the average American, and which means probably your great-great-grandparents around 1879, they slept for an hour, average of 10 hours per night. Flash forward now. Here we go. When we've had this bad boy and all the other kinds of ones that we can get, and what we find out is the average American during an average weeknight sleeps 6 hours and 51 minutes. So we went from 10 hours to a little less than 7 hours. Before this, if you wanted to stay up a little bit, what'd you have to do? You better have that little lantern, or you had to have a candle, and they didn't last all night. Yet they would eventually run out, and, and it was expensive to have the oil and other stuff, so you didn't want to run it all night, and you didn't want to make candles all the time, so, but this changed everything. And so what you would do is often, what would happen is, when it started getting dark, you would, you would in this time, you would, you would eat, because you had a little bit of light. They talked. They actually talked to each other. That's a novel idea that everybody, and everybody gathered in the fire because if it was cold, you don't want to be sitting in the cold, dark part of the house. So you gathered there, and then people would get tired, and they would eventually find in this area some time to go off to sleep. Right? And they would get their 10 hours of sleep. We could go on further. We could say the effects that Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and others have, have done. Um, we could even go back to Marconi with the, uh, the radio and uh, whoever made the boob tube, the t television, or what have you. But that has changed our life uh, immensely. Many of us, uh, including myself, have grabbed the phone and sit there and watch it, and the, the light from, that, from that, uh, that, that light that comes out from the phone helps produce me uh, melanin, um, Melatonin, excuse me, which keeps us kind of like, whoa, we're, we're, we're up a little bit and we're, we're trying to be awake and, we're, and it's just messing with our heads all the time. And many people say, like when you have migraines and when you have other things, they say, limit your screen time. Limit your screen time. All right, back in the day, limit your screen time meant you quit staring out the window. Now it's completely different. And we, we, there were studies done years ago about children and having too much access to television. And I was a television kid. I loved television always. And then now it's, there's all kinds of things that, that my kids don't even, many of them don't even want a TV in their room because they've got everything they need right at the palm of their hands. So it's changed us. And there's been other problems that have risen because of these things. Studies, ha according to Sarah Mednick, who is the asso associate professor of psychology at UC Riverside, um, quoted this and said, studies have concluded uh, have conclusively linked sleeplessness to irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. Does that sound like anybody you've seen lately? Does that sound like your life? In Romans chapter 12, we used this verse last, um, last week, but I think it's very fitting here in this verse, in this section as well. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. By doing what? By changing the way you think. Well, they have everything in their room. I was doing it. It's no big deal. And then you will know what God's will for you is, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So if you don't, you know, the other things about sleep, when you, you don't eat well when you haven't slept well. You're not in a good mood when you haven't slept well. You ever met 
somebody who's just tired, and we say, you're tired and, what's the word? Grumpy. <laughs> yeah, you never said, you're tired and just awesome. Nobody is ever just tired and just the, yay, you know? They're grumpy. We always have that behind them. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times you don't have as much energy after you sleep. Um, everything may seem kind of out of control and you don't get a good amount of sleep. You're more susceptible to sickness. You know, they actually did a study one time. It's kind of a demented kind of study. But they, they had some people come in and they tracked. Um, they said for 14 days, they just had brought them in. They wanted to know how much they slept. And for those who were getting set, they divided them in two groups based on those who had seven plus hours of sleep for 14 days, like an average of 14 days. And those who over the 14 days were in the other group, group two, who were getting less than seven hours of sleep in 14 days. They didn't know they were part of the study. But while they were there, they were being exposed to the uh, rhinovirus, which is the common cold. It sounds more demented when you say rhinovirus, but that's what they were being exposed to the cold in this area. And here's what happened. Group one, who had seven plus hours of sleep and an average a night, were three times more likely not to come down with a cold, where those who had had less sleep started getting the sniffles and started being exposed and displaying that they had that uh, colds more so. Um, writer Tom Rath of the Wall Street Journal said that, did a study and found out that if you have four hours or less of sleep before going to work, driving or doing whatever you're doing, it has the same effect on your system as if you guzzled down a six-pack of beer. So think about that. Would you want to be on a plane piloted by somebody who just threw his six beer down and said, welcome to Yeehaw Airlines, and just sat down, I'm your pilot. Anybody want to do that? Nope, I don't think so. Would you, um, would you like to get in a car knowing the other driver uh, just chugged, just shotgunned their six beer and was like, get on in, I'm driving? No, of course you wouldn't. And would you want to go in for an operation if the doctor said, hey, we're all good to go. Uh, the anesthesiologist, he and I each drank a six-pack of beer. We are ready for you. I think you're going to say, <laughs> excuse me, can I have another doctor? Um, so why in the world do we think that we want to be um, next to somebody who has had that, that amount of effect on their body um, at work or on the road with us or at a job running heavy equipment or what have you time and time again? Not to, uh, not to mention the numbers of people who are, and I'm, I'm guilty, I'm, I'm preaching to the mirror today, people who burn the candle at both ends and they get bored there and they decide to burn it in the middle to where you don't have any bandwidth and you're exhausted. So what is the optimal, what is the optimal amount of sleep? Let me say, the optimal amount of sleep, according to the experts, is eight hours. Eight hours of sleep. That is what many say. However... Those who tend to be the top performers, they find out that they actually are having eight hours and 36 minutes. How many top performers we have in this place? All right, so, so some people really, really like to do that. These are just some of the studies. I'm passing off information. I'm, I'm guilty myself. But one of the things that we say, if we, the problem is we look at our day, we look at our day from here. To this direction. So we look at geared up and going to sleep. I mean, get geared up for our day. Where what we really need to do is getting geared up so that we can go to sleep in here. Getting geared up for sleep. So how do we get geared up for sleep? Um, some of you may live with someone who you say, they just get them still for five minutes. They'll be there. Um, but 
but that's what happens. We set alarms. How many woke up today with an alarm? Anybody woke up with an alarm? How many set an alarm every day to get out of bed? Okay. You know, you know the, some of the experts who are doing sleep studies they say we should set alarms to go to bed. Yep, time to go to bed. Let's set that alarm. I'm going. Not to, not to, get, not to wake us up, and our body will kind of kick in uh, when we need those things. So we need to begin winding down. So that's the first thing. Get sleep. And I know that's speaking to everyone in here. All right? Get sleep. That's our first one. What's the next one? The next one is to go deep. If I say go deep. Go deep. Get sleep. Go deep. Everybody say that. Get sleep. Go deep. Okay. So here's where we are. We're going to go deep. We're going to go deep. In what ways? We've got three ways that are up here. Ready? We want to go deep spiritually. We want to go deep physically. And we want to go deep creatively. Spiritually, physically, and creatively is how we want to go deep after we get sleep. Why? Because what does the scripture say here? Psalm 46, 10 says, be still. We just sang that, didn't we? Be still and what? Know that I am God. We need, this is how we go deep spiritually. We get still. Maybe it happens in this area right before you go to sleep. Maybe that's the thing that you need to do. You want to take time to get with God. You say, well, I thought I was supposed to do it here. Well, let me tell you, if you do it here, you actually are akin to Adam. It says, the scripture tells us that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. Meaning that Adam had this hot heat all day or whatever was going on in the day. He's working hard. And, he's t- and as, he, as, as the day started to get down, and the, the, you, know, you know how like in a nice summer, like it's so hot in the day and then it gets that nice breeze and the wind blows. And you, that's when Adam said, I'm going to spend my time with God during that time. Of the day. So you may, you may choose that. The point is, we need to be still. When we're being still, we know who God is for us at some point, and we're able to deepen our relationship with him. Even if we add it here as well, even if we go ahead and pick it up in, in this area, and we're going to talk about this in a second, if we do that, we need time to be still. Often what happens is that alarm goes off, we hit it, and we sleep a little bit longer, and then, because we, why? Because we've been burning the midnight oil here all night and not using that time to get our rest. We're on four hours and, and uh, th- 30 minutes of sleep, and then the alarm goes off, and we're like, I got to go, I got to go, and we're not still in that time, where this part just naturally is a time for us to wind down. So you may want to look at that if you're, if you're struggling to connect deeper with him. The next thing that we need to do is we need to go deep physically. Go deep physically. And so how do we do that? This is building our bodies or doing something that is good for our bodies. So you may want to take a, a brisk walk. I know people who take a walk in the evening or get up early in the morning, and that's part of that, that time when they wake up and they go ahead and start their day and roll out um, and roll out and just go ahead and say, I need that time just to, to clear my mind uh, and to do that. Why? Why do we do those things? Why do we do those things? It's not so that you just are going to be on the cover of a, a swimsuit magazine or anything like that. What is it? It's because, and, and this, is, this is really fascinating, when you work out physically or do some sort of physical activity, they have done studies, and do you know what, what they found out? They found out that it has the same effect on your body as taking a little bit of Prozac and a little bit of Ritalin if you work out. So why? Because that's what happens. What does Prozac do? It helps your mood. 
What does Ritalin do? Helps you focus. So you have those two things. So by working out, what we see is it helps your mood. And it helps you focus. It helps you get those things. Every day when I go to the gym, I'm sometimes it's like, I don't want to feel, feel. But when you do it, it does kind of get everything, everything going. Um, and so, again, some people say gym at night versus gym in the morning. I've done both. Um, but some reasons, I think that it may be even that I, I try to get it in here. I try to get it in the morning hours. One of the reasons why is because I need as much of that Prozac and Ritalin effect to get me through the day. Because I have no control over this part of my day. I have very little control over this part of my day. And believe me, as soon as I leave and get ready to go to the gym or whatever else, somebody is going to mess with my mood. Anybody? When you get to work, anybody mess with your mood? Maybe somebody in your house, you wake up and they go, what are you looking at? And you're like, mm, messing with my mood. Need some of that Prozac right now. Let me go run. All right? So you have that. And um, the Ritalin effect, my focus. I need some focus in this part in the day as well to get me focused here. Everybody getting anything from this? Okay, good. Um, so the other thing is that those effects, you're going to find this awesome. The effects of these things last for 12 hours. So that's going to get me through the day. They're going to start to, when are they going to start to wear down a little bit to get ready for that sleep that I need? All right? Isn't it cool? This is no mistake. We're put together this way. God put us together. God put Adam together and said, evening to morning. You see that? You see, that's what's happening here. So I'm just trying to help out here. Okay. The next thing is we need to go deep creatively. Why do we want to focus on creatively? We started with a verse from Genesis chapter 1-1. And what we learn in there is God, the creator, created us. We then are his what? Creation. And we were made in his image. So in other words, we were created to be creative by a creator. And whatever we're called to do, we're called to do it creatively. You want to hear that again? Okay, we'll do it one more time. We were called, um, excuse me, we were created to be creative by a creator. And whatever we're called to do, we're called to do it creatively. And I hope, I hope that I hope that I hope that you are applying yourself creatively in these eight plus hours, eight to nine hours of the day. I really hope you're doing that because if you're not, chances are you're not going to be having a job very long, right? Um, but that's where we give a lot of our creativity. We want to give it to that. We want to pour it, pour it in there. But that's not the end of it, that, um, where we are. We, um, I'm not talking about that as much. I'm talking about being creative in this section, being creative in the part that I, I have the most freedom on my life to be creative in. And so um, we have another slide up here. Go ahead. Um, can you put this up here, Lisa? Um, I think we have another one up here, right? Then we have another one. There we go. All right. So you can see right here. Now, now we're looking at the eight hours here and there. But when we get home from whatever we're doing and the day starts to wind down a little bit, and I realize some people, thanks to Thomas Edison, you can kind of shift this because you do shift work, right? And you're like, I don't know whether it's morning or evening because I've worked three, 12 hours and I don't know, right? Anybody make, for those make, make sense of that? So just kind of shift this in your life. But what we're seeing here is that in these 14 to 14 and a half hours, we take an eight hours of sleep. There is a time on each section there's a time in each section here and here where we have, we're not just sleeping. You see what I mean? Everybody, maybe, about three, maybe about two, three hours on each side of that area. And that is time to allow us to be creative 
in those areas. So hopefully you're guarding the space of time when you can get this time of sleep, and hopefully we are, and then hopefully you're carving out time for your bodies and your spirits, but also that you're carving out time to be able to be creative because it's in the creative part that this is where you work on the little by little that gets you to where you want to be in five years. It's not this. It's not this. This may put you in work positions, but it's not going to allow your creativity to be where you really feel you want to be in five years. Make sense to everybody? And so that's according, according to Scripture and how we're looking. Um, it's the best time to take those little steps. This time's really good because maybe other people go to bed a little bit earlier, right? Um, this time's really good because you notice how, like, no matter how many people are in the house, early morning is just still. It's quiet. And you can think. And your brain's not totally stressed out by everything. But it gives you an opportunity to go ahead and look at those things. You don't, you don't, we don't often expect a lot of phone calls during this time. We don't expect a lot of demands until you can have some inter, uh, uninterrupted time, and that's okay. That's okay to have that, and it's the exact same thing up there in those areas here. In, um, in a, a book called uh, Deep Work by a guy, uh, an author named Cal Newport, he's an associate professor at Georgetown University, he talks about how, um, how we're in trouble because more and more people, creativity in working deep is lacking. And he says, it's because we're living in the age of, ready, multitasking. We're living in multitasking. We're doing a thousand things at one time. And here's the myth. True multitasking is a myth by every study that they said, they've done. They said our brains can only handle one thing at a time. And so multitasking is just really going from one point to the other. When we think, our brain is hooking on to different things. And when we move on, it's still hooked into something. And before we know it, we have our brain hooked in that. And just to let you know, for somebody who, who deals with ADHD, is really hooked into everything all the time. And so you have um, those multitasking. So let me ask you, I'm going to show you an example for this. What is the first thing you do, and don't say hit GPS, what is the first thing you do if you don't have your phone and you're lost? You know what you do? You reach up and turn the radio down. Have you noticed that? You'll be right around. You know, it didn't bother you when you were just cruising down the road, but now you're lost. You have to turn it down. Why? Because you've got to focus on where you are. It's not like it's going, no, turn here, right, turn right, turn left. No, but that is distracting you, and so you're not paying attention. You didn't mind it when you're on autopilot, but you do when you really need to concentrate and focus. So you turn it off for a little bit to focus on that. And so what he calls this is he calls, when we multitask from one thing to the next, he calls it attention residue. And our brain is hooking into everything else. And so we need to focus on deep work and deep creativity where we can actually see ourselves do something pretty amazing. Anybody heard of Alexander Graham Bell? I mean, we already talked about one inventor. We might as well go to this guy. Alexander Graham Bell. Some of you are old enough to remember Bell Telephone. Um, so Alexander Graham Bell. He said this, Concentrate all your thoughts upon the work at hand. The sun's rays do not burn um, until brought into focus. What he's saying there, has, has anybody remember, anybody remember when you were younger and you would take a magnifying glass and the sun was out there and you would go ahead and you get some leaves and you'd take that magnifying glass? Now the sun ain't burning anything up at that point, but if you focus that, 
and it's raised right on, what happens? It burns. And that's what he's saying. We need, we spend too much time hooking our brains into so many different things that we have no focus. And when that focus is not there, we can never hone in on where God wants us to be today, let alone in five years. And that's what we have. All right? So here's the big question toward the end. How do we do this? Correct? Isn't this what you want to know? Tell me, Uncle Jack, how do we do this? All right? Here's how we do it. A couple things here. Number one, we make a plan. We make a plan. Make a plan. Um, fail to plan is planning to fail. We've heard that before. So we need to make a plan. So if I'm getting up roughly about 6.15, um, which I, is kind of like a norm plus or minus, depending upon what I need to do, I know that about 9, and the reason why I'm getting up around that time is because I know that in order to do the physical thing that I need, because why? Because I need that Prozac and Ritalin in my, in my life just to get me through the first couple hours. Um, but I know that about 9.30, 10 o'clock, I am going to lose control of my life. I'm going to lose it. I, I don't have control. I'm giving it up to someone else for employment, for something else. I know it's around that time. It's bye-bye. It's um, and so I, I know that's what it needs. So that is a time that I need to, I need to utilize that time from that 6.15 up to about 9.30, where I can get in some deep work, where I can work on myself spiritually, physically, um, and the other kinds of ways, and creatively, the ways that I talked about. All right? So that's, that's some of the areas that I need to have in that area as well. So, um, so like a famous UCLA basketball coach, uh, Coach Wooden called it, a masterpiece day. Now, let me tell you, this is not my life. My life is not perfectly like this. My life is all over the place. This is speaking equally to me. I would go, go a little bit crazy if I, if I slept for eight hours. I'm not an eight-hour person usually. And you, you may be like me. Well, man, I don't even know if I'm this one. But they say that, that there are 2% of the population that can work optimally. I do tell you that I am sleep-deprived, and I know that right now. I know that in my life because of what I'm feeling, what I'm going through, where I'm, what I'm focusing on. So I recognize this as well. And I don't like it because I don't like to waste time sleeping. Does this make sense to anybody? Okay. Um, so... So we, ha we have this um, from uh, Coach Wooden. Benjamin Franklin, anybody heard of him? Anybody got one in your wallet? Yeah, all right. Um, so what we have, Benjamin Franklin um, was obsessed with plans. Anybody ever read anything about Benjamin Franklin or seen anything? He was completely obsessed. And, you know, he gets credit for the electricity thing, but you know what he did? He sent his son out with the kite. So that's, you be careful, kids, it could be worse. You know, he said his kid, son, go out in a um, lightning storm with a kite and a, and a key on it. And, you know, so let's give his kid credit, too. Um, but the first thing he said he would do, he would wake up, his feet would be dangling over the bed, and he would say this, what good shall I do this day? Imagine what a difference it would make in your life if when you got up said, what good shall I do this day? Last week, we talked about how we need to record things. So that's, a, that's the first thing. We want to take notes. So the next, I mean, the, make a plan. Our next thing is to take notes. Okay, we want to take notes. So we talked about recording things. Not, don't, that, that gives us an opportunity to measure our success, to measure what we're doing. And so um, I'm telling you, this is for anything that you're doing. Any, any progress that you're doing. It, I, I've seen several times where people um, who are in, in um, rehabilitation 
deals. They want to get to a place so much that they forget the process, the little by little steps to get them where they need to be. Some of us, um, I know, I know as, as a pastor of ministry, sometimes I forget the little by little steps that have got us to a place here because I still see this other thing here. You with me? And so I get frustrated in the little by little mundane and it, and it, and it kind of wears you down, but you forget the little by little steps when you were loading up you were unloading your car and setting up in a school or in the dance center and packing that down and leaving it in your car because you were too exhausted because you didn't want to take it downstairs. And you said, I'll just leave it there till about Wednesday and then I'll pull it out of my car. Oh, but now it's time to go back and, and do this. You, we forget those. Remember last week we talked about do not despise the small beginnings? So many of us lose track of the small beginnings. And so taking notes help us get that progress. Do you know, let me ask you, anybody here, do you journal or, or diary anybody? Anybody? Okay, I want to let you know, you see, a majority of people do not. And I want to tell you something, that if we went back in history, anybody like history? Like to read about historical figures or see documentaries or other things like that? It was a common practice that everybody did like what a teenage middle school girl does, Dear Diary. Every single person that did it. Recorded things. Um, during the Civil War and the Revolutionary War, um, there's several things about different, um, different uh, people that wrote and wrote things down. One of the most fascinating ones I saw was centered around Abraham Lincoln's assassination. And Abraham Lincoln was assassinated by who? Anybody remember? John Wilkes Booth. And I don't know if you realize this, but people during this time, everybody, didn't matter what you did, wrote things down. And John Wilkes Booth wrote in his diary on the day he killed President Lincoln after shooting him, jumping off and breaking his leg, landing on the stage, jumping on a horse, riding through town, ending up hiding in a barn. And what does he do? He pulls it out and says, dear diary, I killed the president today. We literally have his personal account as he's got his leg popping out of his, his bone popping out of his leg. He's ridden on a horse and he's like, I hope they don't find me. I hope they don't find me. A dear diary, I shot Lincoln today. And he talks about in depth of how this, he says, this is not the country that I love and why he did what he did. And we have that because he shared what he did, that he killed the president. And there is... Person after person after person throughout history that we have stuff written down. The great Roman historian Josephus wrote about everybody, and that's why we know what we know today. Because he was nosy and decided to write it down. Let me ask you a question. If you are living history, which you are, if the God who made the heavens and the earth loves you and lives in you and is working in your life and goes before you and you're you're part of the greatest thing that has ever happened, the advancement of the kingdom of God, the building of the local church, the changing of every uh, life every day. No matter what you do, you've got inside you the blazing love of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. And if you are living history, who's going to know what God did for you if you don't write it down? Write it down. Some of the greatest founders of the Christian faith wrote it down. Your Bibles... God inspired them to write down their story with Jesus. The Apostle Paul, who did not have an easy life, wrote 
letters to people and wrote his own story and wrote things to people time and time again so that you would know the love of God in their life. And you have based your life and your faith on it because somebody wrote it down and shared with you who they are in Christ Jesus. You need to write down your life. And I've done this at periods of time, and then I stopped. Why? Because this crept into this. And when this crept into this, it took this time, and then it took this time, and before I know it, I was just getting the barely enough sleep I needed because this had taken over my life. And so you may ask, well, what's God doing in your life, and how come you haven't shared it? And you know what? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't share all the good stuff. Share the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be Old Testament. Share the good, the bad, the ugly about, about what's going on in your life. Share the times where you felt God, um, God fail you. Share the times where you, you couldn't find, you, you cried out to God. Share the times that he came at, at the moment that you needed him. Share the times where you really stunk as a husband or a wife or, or as a, a parent and you failed. Write those things down and share time and time and time again. The good and bad, the ugly. All right, so write it down. Third thing is, everybody good? Third thing is, think in chunks of time. In chunks of time. Think in chunks of time. I know that's a mess. That's why I made a nice little chart for you at the end. Okay? Think in chunks of time. Sometimes two hours. Say, this task is going to take me. When I go to the gym, I know if I am on speed at the fastest, it is going to be an hour and a half at the quickest. I know the longest, it could be three hours. If I just want to pour my ignorance into other people for that moment, right? If I want to mess with people the whole day, then it's going to be a little bit longer. You know, just have fun with people, all right? And I'm going to say that. And, I'm, and, and protect that time. Protect those chunks. You may say, I need to write. And it's going to take, I'm going to take a half an hour, and I'm just going to write. Okay? I'm, uh, when it comes time, to, you know, we talked about last week, you know, saying, I'm going to read through the Bible in all a year. No, just, I'm going to read a chapter today. Protect that chapter, that chunk of time, and that's going to take me about 10, 15 minutes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. All right? And so, so we need to have those chunks of time. And if you're giving that time, I'm going to tell you, if you have to pee, don't. All right? Don't. Don't do it. Hold it. Or, hey, buy some Depends. It'll work. All right? Um, go from that. Um, if, somebody, if, something, if your phone pops up, I will tell you it's a good place to turn your phone off or leave it in the other room. And also that means these too because it will come up here. We are so distracted by those things. You need that chunk of time to say, I need to do that. And no matter what happens, stay there. Now, there may be an emergency. You may have kids that are somewhere, but use it. Use that block of 25 minutes, one hour, 40 minutes, 30 minutes, chunks of time and blocks of time. Uh, time management books consistently say that, time, that um, time blocks are the best thing for work and productivity that you need. Your brain actually works in waves that are 90 minutes long. So that's why when we get to that a little bit more, that's why right about this time, uh, a little bit more, um, somebody used to tell me the mind can't, um, can't retain what the seat can endure. So, you, so, you get, so you're starting to get to that point right now, right? You need to kind of like move it around a little bit and, and go because you know he's, he's heading, heading in the other one, all right? So, um, so uh, you know, get, give yourself some of the email afterwards. It's kind of like Pavlov's dog. You're like, ooh, tree, ding. That's why they have those little like, bling. Oh, 
I got a, some, you have, remember, you have mail. Oh, I have mail. You got really excited about that. It's kind of like the slot machine kind of thing. That's what it does to our brain when we get those little things, and that's why they give them to us. That's why we get those Facebook saying, oh, someone commented. Somebody tagged you in a post, and you go, oh, someone cares, and you start to look. It distracts you no matter what you're doing. I hope that if I ever have to have surgery again that the doctor doesn't have his, uh, his social media on. Boom, oh, wait a second. Somebody tagged me in this. Oh, look, you know. But that's what it does to our brain. It, think about how many times those pop-ups distract you all day, constantly, all right? So, so use that chunk of time, all right? Um, and the, uh, number four, here we go, be, um, how do I spell this? Let me see, unaccessible, there we go. Um, unaccessible. Now, I realize you have little kids, you have kids, you have adults that need your care and those things. Yeah, you may, you may um, lay in for that, have that opportunity for those. Um, but a lot of us are more freaked out than ever before that we can't be reached. Um, I have gone somewhere without my phone and felt like I walked out without any clothes on. Anybody like that? And I ran all the way back. I've driven 45 minutes, turned around to get my phone. I've done that before in my life. Um, remember when you got in the car and nobody knew where you were? Remember how fun that was? <laughs> Particularly as a teenager where your parents couldn't get you. It was fun. Um, so you had those. Uh, but yes, you may, you may need to turn that data off. You know that the Revolutionary War, you know how it was won? by mail. That Washington would say, hey, uh, you know, what I want to do is I want to set New York City on fire, okay? And then he'd send a, uh, a mail off, and they go, and then he'd wait for it to come back. <laughs> Got the fire ready? Yep, 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 we got it ready. Heard anything from the mail? Nope, okay. <laughs> and they come back, and he says, yeah, you can burn it. Okay, good. And then they did. That's how they did. That's how they won these things. They waited for that. Uh, we would just go, absolutely. And some people, one, another thing that they do is that adds on to this, um, Count uh, Newport actually says that he has a, um, a sundown on technology. That in this time right here, he says, okay, it's off. And he'll actually say, signing off, and just completely be done with that technology uh, for the time and shut it down. Um, shut down complete. All right, so when you've done all this, you'll be a great sleeper. Sound good? A great sleeper. You'll be crushing in the morning. You've got a wonderful, uh, wonderful evening that moves you and gets you ready to get to sleep. And whatever happens to that work hours, then guess what? You've already had a fantastic day if you've lived this. And I'm not so good on this myself, as I've said. I'm working on it. But let, I'm going to put, um, put this last slide up. Can we put that last slide up right there? And you can see this. Remember I said if you have an anchor, you anchor yourself in here. So this is your anchor. These are the things that will anchor you. And if you have that anchor, you, you make a plan. You make a plan during those, these times that you have. You take notes. You put chunks of time. You're inaccessible. You maybe tur just turn off that technology for uh, a little bit or a time. And you will have an anchor for your lives where you have, where you have, don't you want control over your life again? Don't you want control over your life again so that you can give it to God so that he can do with what he wants to do and get you to where you need to be. Um, aren't you tired of Thomas uh, Edison doing it? Or Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or your, your work or anything else? It can happen. Why? Because the day was never meant to be from morning to night. It was always meant to be from evening to morning. And that's the first day. Today's the first day 
of the rest of your life to where you're going to get to in five years. And if we're anchored here, and we're anchored here, and we do these things, and we do these things in amazing ways, then come what may, because we have always had the, already had the best day we possibly could in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. So worship team's going to come off. I'm going to turn Thomas Evison off, and you can get your eyes back. Um, and so let's just, um, let's just see, see where God wants us today and where he wants to have us. Lord Jesus, we just, um, I thank you for hard teachings. I thank you for things that, that, God, just because we've said yes to you doesn't mean that we are in the pattern that you created us to be, that you want us to be. I thank, that, I thank you, God, that you love us so much that you gave us that bulk of time to be creative, that you set this world up to say, I want you to sleep. I want you to, to get that sleep that you need. I want you to, to, to wind down for it so that you're ready to go. I want you to go deep. I want you to go deep physically and spiritually. And I want you to, 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 um, to be creative in, in the gifts that I've given to you. Because it's in the spiritual, spirituality when you go deep that you get to know me. You get still and know me. I, I gave you the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is your body, and that body is, is made to not just waste, but it's made to go ahead and, and pour everything good in. But you say, well, God, right now my body's falling apart. I don't feel good. I got this back pain. I got that knee pain. I got this thing. He says, hey, but guess what? I'm still residing there if you love me. So do what you need to do. And do it little by little. Do all these things little by little. Get deeper with me. Walk with me in the cool of the day or the bright, uh, when you're rejuvenated in the morning. Go ahead, God, and, uh, and, and tell us that, you know, we just need to, we forgot where we've been physically and we want to get someplace else, but we're, he says, hey, little by little, just go ahead. Just keep stepping. Just keep stepping with me. Put those things in good in your body and, and uh, do the things that are, that are needed to be, to be done and just be still and know me. And that spark, that spark that when you were a kid, you used to sit and you grab a piece of paper and you just write for hours. Or you draw or you make things. Or you just entertain people with just your nonsense. But whatever it was, it was in that, that, that point that drove you, that made you just feel full made you feel complete, made you feel like this is what I was created for. Because God, our creator, you created us to be creative. And you gave us gifts for each of us to use, not only for others in the building up of the church, but you gave us gifts so we can build up ourselves. So we don't feel like a square peg in a round hole just getting through life and surviving each and every day. God, I'm tired of just surviving. I'm tired of exhaustion. Yeah, I made it again another day. And that when the sun rises up, I say, man, I'm here again. You didn't take me last night, Lord. You didn't, you didn't take me to you so I don't have to go another day with this. Many people are in that place right now, God. But maybe it's because we've lost the ability to, as numbers are showing that people are, are spending less time with you. We're looking for it all over the places when what we really need to do is be still. I know you. 
physically we just said whatever and creatively we don't even know where that spark is anymore God I pray that through the anchor of the things of making plans and all those being inaccessible and all that other kind of stuff we talked about that we will anchor ourselves to you and yeah it's going to take effort at first but God I know that you're going to renew your people renew your servants renew your church because God there's a tired exhausted world out here because they're trying to cram everything in a time where it wasn't meant to be crammed in and we're collapsing in the time where we're supposed to be most focused and creative. So God, I don't know whether it's going to be five years or, or 20 years or 50 years until you return, but if we're given five years until you return, I pray that we will do whatever it takes to get where we need to be. And that in five years we'll look back in our churches and our lives and our that even though the world may be doing what it's doing, where we are impacting, we are experiencing the fullness of life and like Adam we are enjoying the cool of the day or we're getting to know you in the morning and whatever it may be and we can say man I am so glad that I know who I am five years because five years ago I had no clue who I was I was who my job told me I was I was who my kids told me I was I was who my relationship or my friends made me feel like I was. I was who my parents told me I was. And I had no clue who I am. God, I embraced that call from morning to evening, little by little. And I can stand here today and say, I know who I am. I am a child of the living God. And he's called me to this purpose. And I will live it to the last day I give my breath. And I'm with him forever. So God, take this time right now. If there's somebody who's just feeling, man, I have lost it over the last five years. I lost it over the last five months. I'm just, this week. Let them just reach out to you, whether it's up at the altar or whether it's wherever they want to be or, or whether it's just where they are. And God, let this be a day of new beginnings. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. Shine.
Clap or don't, right? <laughs> Do it, let's go. All right, so, hey, have a great week in Jesus. We're going to switch gears next week. Um, but uh, but hopefully, hopefully you got something from this series. It's just kind of one that built, uh, one big long message, right? Um, just about, sometimes, I don't know about you, but I, I believe. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. But you know what? Sometimes just doing the process in each and every day in a world that doesn't believe is so hard. And so just take that step, little by little, right? Little by little, and may we live from evening to morning. Have a great week. God bless.